And welcome to the bi-weekly Industry 4.0 Community Podcast, put on by 4.0 Solutions for Tuesday, January 24th, 2023. I am your host, Walker D. Reynolds. Uh, as you guys can probably tell by the thumbnail, today we're going to be talking about chat GPT or AI language transformers. Uh, we have Zach is going to be joining us today. Um, after I get through with announcements, we'll bring Zach in. We're going to go over AI language transformers. I'm going to tell a couple of stories. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about what Zach's been up to. Um, and we are going to touch on some developments at the World Economic Forum. Um, and, uh, and then we're going to answer some YouTube comments and questions. So with that, uh, let's get started. A quick announcement so I can get Zach in here. Mastermind call for those of you uh, who are in Mastermind. The call was moved from last Friday to this Friday. That's because I had to travel um, last minute last week. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it was a trip I had to take, um, and it was a personal trip and I, I had to take it. Um, and I'll explain a little more in, in mastermind, but the trip was worth it. Um, next month and continuing our mastermind call will be Friday, February 10th at eight in the morning. Okay, so mastermind is going to be coming is going to come first starting next month. So the mastermind call will be Friday, February 10th at eight o'clock. The mentorship call is going to be Friday, February 17th at 9 a.m. Time stay the same. Masterminds will be the second Friday. Mentorship will be the third Fridays and invites going to go out this week. And the reason why is going forward um, meant the mentorship program and the mastermind program are going to be working in concert with one another. The the those who are in the mastermind program are going to be leading um, a scrum team uh, where we're going to have a virtual factory that we're going to be digitally transforming. The digital mastermind group is going to be that scrum team that's going to lead that initiative, define functions, divide business cases. And, uh, and the mentorship group is going to be made up of the developers who will do the actual virtual work. Our first Use case is going to be pretty simple for next month so that we can get the cadence down. Um, but for all of 2023, that's how we're going to be working. So there's still going to be a lesson. There'll still be a mastermind lesson uh, in each monthly session. There will be a educational technical lesson in each mentorship class. But what we'll be adding to both is um, essentially a uh, sprint review and sprint planning in the mastermind session. And then basically huddles in the mastermind, in the mentorship session. So um, that should be a lot of fun. A lot of people are super excited about that. Uh, on the MES bootcamp stuff, we have some final release of database um, gateway backup. That's all being put into the cloud in one, one location for everybody. Um, hope to have that done. Uh, well, I hope to have it done this week, but because of the, the trip I had to do last week that delayed everything. Um, so maybe end of next week will, will be the new goal. Um, and then one last thing, starting last week, remember that we're doing our live streams, the podcast every other Tuesday now at noon. Um, and then we're doing whiteboard Wednesdays every other Wednesday. So the video launches at 
noon central on Wednesday, whiteboard Wednesday. Our first whiteboard video was last week. Uh, we will continue that discussion in the whiteboard video next week. The reason we're not doing the podcast every week is that in order for us to shoot that whiteboard video, uh, we're going to be shooting it at the same in, at the same time where we would normally be doing the podcast. So we're doing we're shooting it on Tuesday to publish it on Wednesday. All right, with that, we will bring in Dr. Scriven. Um, so what am I the, the Tesla doctor? Uh, so, so for those of you that know, Zach used to be our director of digital media here at 4.0 Solutions. Zach and I have been working together since 2012, 13. Uh, we worked on a, a, a big project together, that a, a big award-winning digital transformation project that we did in the oil and gas industry. And we've worked on and off together for a long time. Zach left in June to go create your company, right? Electric May, May June, yeah. June was like the first full month. So electric vehicle detailing, right? Electric mobile detailing. Electric mobile detailing. And if you guys follow Zach on Instagram, um, you'll get to kind of see what it is he does. Um, but what we did was we invited Zach back to have a conversation about what he's been doing. And and then we're going to have a conversation about um, AI language transformers. And, and the context of that conversation is going to be something. I did a consulting call this morning with a, a large, you know, a big multinational company. I think there were like 30 people in that room. We had a big discussion about chat GPT. And I'm going to talk about some of the same things I said uh, in that conversation in this podcast. So, but with that, hey, Zach, wh what have you been up to? It's good to have you back. Yeah, it is, it's freaking awesome to be here. Uh, it's awesome to be back on the live stream. It's good to see everyone here. Definitely. I appreciate all the messages and people are saying like, Hey dude, we're, the automation industry is going to miss you. It's like, dude, I'm not, I'm not going anywhere. There's actually a lot of parallels between the industrial automation industry and like the change that you've led and the detailing industry. And I see a lot of similarities between, I was listening to the, like, you know, um, how do you know you're choosing the right partner? It's like, well, how do you know you're choosing the right detailer? It's like, there's manufacturers of, of coding products that have the same vendor agreements with their detailers and you know you can't really trust these detailers so I, I see a lot of like similarities and parallels with the detailing industry as like industry 4.0 and, and also like taking a technology driven approach like uh my company electric mobile detailing like I, i'm i'm more really wanting to build like a tesla detailing platform connecting mobile detailers like myself around the world tesla and ev owners creating a seamless um you know, seamless digital experience for high quality detailing and ceramic coating services. So what made like, you, how did, we just got to say though, that was one of the fucking hardest decisions I've ever had to make. Like if you've ever wanted to see a grown man cry, just picture me trying to make the decision of like, do I, do I leave this thing, which is 4.0 solutions, which I feel like is my baby and build my own company, which is scary as fuck. And you know, it's like, yeah, that was me, you know, and that was the hardest decision to make. And, you know, you, you told me, you're like, dude, as your friend, I'm never going to tell you to pursue building someone else's vision over building your own. But at the same time, fuck yeah, I want you to work at 4.0 Solutions. And so like, for me, I was like, I really had to choose. Do I give a, I, obviously giving a half-assed effort to my own company and a half-assed effort to 4.0 Solutions isn't going to work for either of us. So it's right. like, that, so, that's that yeah <laughs> so to give you guys some background so zach so zach and uh vaughn turner and myself are the three guys who built 4.0 solutions 4.0 solutions 
uh, are we, this is year three, right? So basically there was this concept Zach, that Zach came up with in 2019 where he said uh, he, he basically built our platform, the educational platform, and had the idea, I think it came from the community, when, he, when we launched the Discord server for Industry 4.0, the whole idea was to just create a Discord server that we were going to just sort of get everybody together so we could answer questions because we would get a lot of the same questions and we wanted to create essentially this library of responses, questions and responses inside of the Discord server. But from that was these questions that people asked, hey, you know, have you ever thought about doing a mastermind session or whatever? And, and Zach is the one who put that together. He said, hey, we should do an initial mastermind session. And it was in September of 2019. This is before 4.0 Solutions existed. We did the mastermind session and it was a huge hit. And, and, and we realized there's a huge gap. Like if, if our goal is to help save and create middle class jobs through digital transformation, basically, there's a huge educational gap and we need to close that. And so myself, Zach, and, you know, Zach and Vaughn really did a huge chunk of the work in January, 2020. I basically funded the company for one month. <laughs> I literally said, we have to be cash flow positive by the end of January, 2020. And um, we had really no idea what we were doing. We just basically stayed communicating with the community and we built mentorship. We built mastermind. We built consulting. Um, we continued to expand the discord server. We created the podcast. We did all these things. It's which actually took a lot of, which took a lot of work. That was an insane amount of work. Like yeah. I, you know, I had to go full time with 4.0 solutions at the time. Like I was right. kind of a contractor before I invested like blood, sweat and tears into building this community. And that's why I feel so, you know, so in June of June of this past or in May of this past year, Zach and I were having a conversation on the phone about this concept he had, this idea he had with the mobile detailing thing and how it's kind of taking off. He was kind of doing it on the side, kind of taking off. And my conversation to him was, you know, Zach, you can't have one foot in, one foot out. Right. You know, and he's like, well, what do I do? And I said, well, as your friend, as, as the, as the chairman of 4.0 solutions, obviously you're important to what we do and I want you here, but as your friend, you need to go do that. You have to jump in with both feet and go do this because you're a, you're going to regret it. And B I'm never going to tell one of my friends to make someone else's vision a reality over chasing their own. So that, so Zach left in June. And since then that's when, um, Josh took over managing digital media and we kind of expanded Cheryl's roles and, and all that kind of stuff. But you know, it's interesting. And I've talked about this before the things we lost, right? It, you know, one part of the, our content, part of one of the reasons I love working with Zach was Zach spoke for the audience. So when we were filming and I was shooting a whiteboard video, you guys may, may or may not heard him in the background, but he would be asking questions while I was filming. And it would steer the whiteboard video, right? And I and that was incredibly valuable, I think, to the audience. So obviously, we lost that. We lost, you know, we've stayed close. I mean, we still talk. We, you know, we talk on Instagram. We, you know, we're still buddies and everything. But, you know, we don't work together. But interestingly, I was talking today, and I'm I'm literally bringing this up for the first time. Well, what I really think I would really think we ought to do is 
since we're only doing the podcast every other week, you should come back and join the podcast. And okay. I'm down to I'm down to join to like be make a you know appearances. Yeah, I I I think that's what we ought to do. But it, so tell tell us tell everybody kind of what you've been doing. So how did you know? A, what is it you've been doing the last seven months or so? But then also, how are you parlaying this background in software development and engineering into how how are you merging this commercial side, consumer side, with the tech side? Yeah. So like I was saying, yeah. Thanks for that story. That's that's a good story, man. I'm gonna have to clip that. <laughs> so like you know, I think you know every every like every step in my journey has like led me to the next thing. Like I even did a stint in real estate and learned kind of like sales and. You know, like before that I was doing engineering or, you know, and then we, I started doing marketing. So like, I really had to like learn all of these different skill sets to then even be in a position where I could even feel like I could create a company and it'd be somewhat successful. Like I tried doing the Zach Scriven media agency thing, uh, four or five years ago. And that sort of didn't really, you know, it, it paid the bills, but it was, I wouldn't really call it like a, what a, you know, a success shit man working with you over a few years like i learned so much about just running a business and what we did like getting 4.0 solutions off the ground it's like i couldn't help myself but not want to try that you know on my own venture and the tesla thing man like you said to yourself you're like you remember how long i heed and hot about getting a freaking tesla and you're like dude just do it man it, it changed my life like and now you guys can get if you guys are, have ever thought about it you know they just dropped the prices like 10 to 20 percent across the board plus there's a $7,500 EV tax credit. So you can get like a Model 3 performance for like $50,000. Like so under. crazy because I paid like 70. Yeah, I we got hosts basically. Yeah, I paid like 78 for mine and, and I only had it for a couple of months. Well, your Model S is actually probably worth more than that now. I think they're going for about 90. Yeah. New, but like <laughs> I, yeah, I paid 63,000 for my Model 3 long range and you can get the same car for like 53,000 right now. Now I did pay for FSD, which... Obviously, you know, I'm like a technologist and I'm an early adopter. So I wanted to pay for that to see the, the, the development of the technology. Have you been using FSD beta for local driving? I've been using it a little bit. Like I'm a horrible driver, so I, I lose access like very quickly. Oh, because <laughs> like, your, you know, your score is so low? Yeah, yeah. It's really bad. You know, like right, now so I can objectively prove I'm a bad driver. Before so, I just... <laughs> for those of you that don't know... There is, there's really like three self-driving modes in a Tesla. So the first one is just autopilot, which is think of it as cruise control, but with steering, right? Steering to stay in your lane, right? Then you've got... Every Tesla has that. Right, every Tesla has that. There's no, there's no just cruise control. So you've got cruise control with steering in your lane. Okay, that's level one. Level two is enhanced autopilot, which has lane changes in it, right? So when you're navigate. on the highway, yeah, it's got navigate. It, it'll navigate from exit to exit, that kind of stuff. And then you've got full self-driving and you have full self-driving beta. So full self-driving is the car drives itself on the highway and it'll change lanes and, you know, uh, you know, it'll, it, depending upon how you set it up, it'll change lanes and do all the driving for you. And all you got to do is leave your hand on the steering wheel. It'll, you know, all that stuff. And then full self-driving beta is for like local driving, like in your community. Like I can use full self-driving beta at my house to go to target. Okay. Not everyone is a member of full self-driving beta. And the reason why is they only allow people who are safe drivers to have it. And there's two, 
I think your safety score, they, everyone has a safety score. And I think your safety score has got to be above a 90, right? 90 or above. Now, now anyone who paid for a beta can get access to it. But if you get kicked out of like autopilot for not paying attention too many times, it'll revoke access for like two weeks or until the next update. Got it. All right. But um, yeah, this, I paid 10,000 for the software. You could pay like one ninety nine a month, I think, for FSD now. I paid 10000 to own it outright on this vehicle. And now it's like a $15,000 option. So like, I'm pretty glad that I did like no regrets, you know, but like, like to my original point, you guys should buy a Tesla. You, you were, you were the one told me you're like, Hey man, you got to value the content creation of owning a Tesla. Like think of all the content creators you follow. Like they <laughs> talk about Tesla and I was like, shit, you're right. So you probably planted the seed about me even starting the detailing business in the fucking first place. I mean, I, it already kind of been an interest, like watching detailing videos. So, it, but it, my mind's like, hey, I'm a Tesla owner. You know, doing mobile detailing out of a Tesla seems like a really good idea because of how efficient it is. And and I have sort of have an affinity with mine's. You drive a Tesla, and that that I did one post in a Facebook group, and my business took off with like 20 bookings, and then yeah, every it's, month since June, it's my my revenue has been rising. And in uh, November, we hit like 11k in revenue. Did like 16 ceramic coatings. So. Like the business is doing really well and, and I'm attracting other detailers and generating interest about this platform that I'm building to like kind of connect them. But yeah, it's like, it's the same, it's an industry 4.0 concept in my mind. You know, it's like we're doing digital media. We're really a media company first that provides detailing services, but like that's the digital strategy, you know? So and very here's, what, here's what's brilliant about it. I didn't realize this until I had my Tesla. Like if you don't have a Tesla, one of the things that's really important to understand is that you don't just get into a Tesla and drive away. Okay. You spend the first 30 minutes learning how to even drive the car. Okay. There's a, it takes about a week for you to get comfortable driving the Tesla because everything is done through this heads up display. It's just, it's not, I mean, when I drive a gas powered car now, there are two things I always do that I never used to do. Number one, I never put the fucking thing in park ever. I literally hit the brake and then forget to put the car in park and I never turn it off because in the Tesla, you don't start a Tesla and I don't ever put my Tesla in park. It puts itself in park. I can put it in park. I just don't. The car does it automatically. So there, there are things about driving a Tesla that are not like other vehicles. So here are some things I find myself not doing. Number one, we have a car wash membership here down the street and for all the vehicles, but we never, we're supposed to drop the car off. We go inside, they drive it through the car wash, they detail the inside, and then you drive it away. We don't ever do that. We never let them drive the car because it's a Tesla. It's like, do you, you have to make sure, do you know how to drive a Tesla? It's the same thing with the detailing. It's like, Tesla owners, because there's a learning curve to learn how to drive it, it's like you only want Tesla owners touching your car. By the way, I never concerned, I never considered that. So when you were like, oh, I'm going to be focused on EVs, I was like, oh, you know, it's kind of fucking brilliant, actually. You know, that you know what's funny is detailers are like, oh, you're limiting your market or they, they don't understand it. But like, I'll tell you who's not telling me that is my clients. I'm like, okay, that's fine. You think it's a dumb idea. You know who doesn't think it's a dumb idea? My fucking Tesla clients who are hiring me in droves. So, yeah, you know, like I'm the fucking Tesla guy, you know, like <laughs> talk about this platform. So you, yeah. you, the idea is to build this platform. Where yeah, I, raised, you I raised venture capital for it. Did I tell you? Did you catch wind of that? No. I pitched my idea to LinkedIn, like a Shark Tank style pitch. And I raised about like $35,000 
at a like a 500k valuation and now i'm using that money to invest in digital media invest in ads it's not quite enough to build the app that's going to cost about forty thousand dollars but i'm getting traction and we're sort of getting that we're, we're building the digital foundation of what we're going to build this company on top of and what's so, the vision yeah it's to build a platform to connect tesla owners to local mobile detailers like myself just to connect the two together in a and and to provide like from the customer's experience, the Tesla owner wants a similar customer experience, that digital experience for their detailing services and not have to feel like they're going a step back in time, you know, trying to find a mobile detailer and, you know, the industry so fragmented. And then the points that you said, like, well, do they do they know how to treat my car right? Like some of the materials are different or whatnot. Right. So, like, yeah, just to provide a seamless customer experience for Tesla owners and on the detailing side empower mobile detailers to make more money, you know, like teach them my marketing skills, connect them to my platform. A lot of the mobile detailers, that's a high turn industry because it's a really low barrier to entry. And I'm like, well, shit, like what if someone doesn't want to create a whole mobile detailing business? Like what if they just want to sign up, start doing some detail, like watch a couple videos, start doing some detailing and make detailing more accessible to people that want to make extra money, kind of like Uber basically. So that's, that's the vision is like build a platform like Uber to connect Tesla owners and mobile detailers and, you know, drive, drive that with like a media, media vision. How many, one, one last question on the business and then let's get into open AI and chat GPT. Uh, yeah. um, how many independent or unique customers do you have? So right now I have 400 and uh, almost 420 uh, unique contacts in my, in my podium database. Of those, I think I've done work for like about 150 clients, okay. but you know, it's starting to scale pretty crazy. Like a winter, lot. winter has been, it's crazy that it's been able to grow through winter. Cause I felt like winter has been slow here. It sucks. You know, I have to work with clients that have heated garages and you know, it's freezing day. So, but luckily, you know, we've been keep able to keep our momentum growing through the winter. I think by this time next year, once I have like a thousand customers in my database, just the, the digital marketing, like sending out text blasts to my customers, sending out emails is just going to drive so much demand that I have to create the platform. And I never wanted to scale traditionally. I never wanted to hire employees and go brick and mortar. It's like I wanted to create a, that tech, that digital, that seamless digital experience, you know. So the bit, any piece of advice for and I'll answer this too. any any piece of advice for anyone who's out there like weighing a similar, you know, Hey, I, I, I've got a, I got a nice cushy job, six figure salary. I'm making good money. I'm well known. I'm known in my space and I've got this idea that I want to go test and holy shit, it's high risk. Uh, <laughs> should I do this? Um, any words of advice for people? I, I mean, cause I get this a lot. A lot of people reach out on LinkedIn, like it DMS on Twitter Hey, I yeah, I want to start my own integrator. I want to I want to start my own consultancy. Any words of advice? I'm yeah. I'm terrified because I've got this, you know. I'm I'm you know I, I get paid X Y or Z at at company J. It's, yeah, it's never been easier to start your own business. There's never been more opportunity. You know, I don't regret it. Like you know, like I said, leaving the 4.0 solutions and, you know, moving on to my own thing was a fucking hard thing to do. Like, especially after all the work and blood, sweat and tears that I put into it. I've been super fucking proud of the community and you guys of what you guys have done in the last year since I've left. 
So that's like really reassuring that, you know, I didn't just leave and, and you guys, yep. I know, I know it was still puts you in a hard position, but like, that was important to me that, that the transition was at least from the outside looked like you guys are still, what was your, what, so, so between, Definitely. it was between, easier the second time than it was the first time. Cause keep in mind, I had already done this when I quit engineering to fucking do content there. Sorry, my language. I quit engineering in 2018 to do content creation which is why we're even here in the first place. So it's like, if I didn't do that, then I wouldn't have didn't started Zach Scriven Media and done consulting with you guys and then built the 4.0 Solutions channel. So that risk, it was a very similar situation. Had a six-figure engineering job, quit that to do marketing. It's like, the one of the easiest things for me was like, I didn't, people had this perception like, oh, how could you quit this amazing technology job for like fucking detailing? Like I had to, but that wasn't an issue for me because I'm on the spectrum. So I don't even... It's not really a social implication for me. It's like, I don't care. Like, I know what my vision is. It's not just to be, even if I was just a self-employed mobile detailer, there's nothing wrong with making a living. Like, I would never put someone down for that. But I have a much bigger vision than that. So, like, I'm, you know, but so I think there's like this, you got to get over the optics of how something might look. But once you can do that, like, there's never been more opportunity to start something on your own, especially when you can leverage tools like ChatGPT. That filled such a major weakness in me, which was like copywriting. And I'm like, man, if I had ChatGPT when we were doing more digital marketing for Intellic and 4.0 back in the day, my content output has been able to like 10x. Like it's insane. So let me let me say this, uh, my advice. Okay. Number one, you know, one of the greatest pieces of advice my father ever gave me was, you know, I started saving 10% of everything I made when I was 19. And he used to drill into us kids that, there's no freedom until you have financial freedom. Like you're not actually free until you're financially free. Um, so number one, you know, if you're a young person coming right out of college, the first thing you need to do is you need to save six months of living expenses and you need to set that aside in an account that appreciates. Um, and one that you can liquidate quickly. Number one, you need to have that to fall back on. Number two, while you're building that, you need to be focusing on your network building your net, you know, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Make sure you pick those five people wisely. Once that's in place, once you feel like you've got the network and you're, you have the financial security that in by financial security, I mean, six months of financial security, you're not going to starve. Okay. You, what you have to do, if you have a vision and you, you have discipline and you can work hard, go jump in with both feet. Because the worst thing that's going to happen, the worst thing that's going to happen is you're going to burn through your six months, okay? You're going to burn through the six months of savings, and you're going to learn something. That's the worst thing that's going to happen to you. You're going to burn through the six months, and you're going to learn something. And in this life, it's all about learning. Um, I want to ask you two more questions, and then we'll go to this chat GPT thing. So your lowest low. In the last seven months, what was your lowest low? Um, like very the very beginning was a little low because like when I first started, it's like the um, the vision of the platform and the YouTube channel those were just in my head, and so the day to day was literally I'm out there detailing cars, you know. So it's like living with that reality like okay this is the path i'm on now like i gotta make this work it's fucking hard work thank goodness it was at a great time in the summer for me to actually it was the perfect time to start a detailing business but um so that was like 
pretty low. And then, but also more so recently, it's like I've been, you know, leveraging ChatGPT to help tell my story on LinkedIn. And people are really starting to see the vision. It's becoming more of a reality, this platform and this, you know, the concept of connecting Tesla owners to mobile detailers. That's really good. like that feels awesome, right? Like, but in the same time, it's like sometimes I, I look at my calendar, it's like, I only got like two or three appointments this month. It's like, that's pretty scary. Like having to deal with on one side, you look so successful. People are telling you you're killing it. And on the other side, you're like, Oh shit, is this even going to work? You know? <laughs> so like, but it, it does, you know, I, I stay like, that's when I put lean in and highest high, highest high, um, raising money, getting those investor checks. Okay. I scared myself by saying like, Oh, I need to do this. It's, it's a good thing that I had to, cause then I would have had to step off the gas on terms of how much content we're able to create. You said all the time, creating content is freaking expensive. Yeah. I'm living that reality, like doing the detailing and, you know, so that, you know, raising the money and getting those checks. And, and when like, I tell people believed in my vision, when I tell people how much we've spent on digital media since 2018, they shit, they literally shit. I mean, it's, and, you, and there are so many people out there who are really trying to do it really like uh, there's a couple, you know, people who have really invested a ton of money in trying to produce digital media. And, you know, I learned so many valuable lessons from you about the media piece, not just the mechanics. The mechanics are not important to me. It's the importance of like being authentic, like being your authentic self. Your audience is not connecting to a character. Your audience is connecting to the human being that you are your values, your mission, you know, your, your integrity. It's so important to like be who you actually are. Right. Yeah. Um, so that many people I was able to raise money on LinkedIn was I was my authentic self on LinkedIn. Right. I built that network. So when I launched my company, had I not put all that work into social media and building my network, I wouldn't have been able to raise that money and have that trust built in with my audience. And so, yeah, that's, that's so true. So let's talk about OpenAI and ChatGPT. And the reason why this is important for Industry 4.0, it's, it's important all the way around the board. The, the underlying models that are being used, first off, the, the data acquisition strategies, okay, the data storage strategies, the uh, modeling strategies, the underlying models that are being used, they're not really novel. Okay, it, it, it's the same approach that's, that it, it's the same approach that Tesla is using with full self-driving. And, and I'm going to, I'm going to say something here that I think is novel, but I want but let's start with open AI, you know, who is open AI. And so I'm just going to go ahead and read their mission statements. Okay. So open AI says that their mission is to ensure that artificial general intelligence, AGI, by which we mean highly autonomous systems that outperform humans at most economically valuable work benefits all of humanity. We will attempt to directly build safe and beneficial AGI, autom uh, uh, artificial general intelligence, but we'll also consider our mission fulfilled if our work aids others to achieve this outcome. To that end, we commit to the following principles. And I'm just going to read the first. So they want broadly distributed benefits, or at least they say so. By the way, I think they're full of shit with what they wrote here, just real quick. I don't think that OpenAI actually cares about helping humanity. If they did, they wouldn't have partnered with Microsoft. So um, they, they would have partnered with someone else. Okay. Um, not, not that I think Mark, Microsoft's a big bad wolf, but the point is, is that Microsoft is not concerned with benefiting all of humanity. I mean, just throw that out the window. Um, 
broadly distributed benefits. We commit to use any influence we obtain over AGI's deployment to ensure it is used for the benefit of all and to avoid enabling uses of AI or AGI that harm humanity or unduly concentrate power. So number one, unduly concentrate power. What does unduly mean? Okay, it's just an abstraction. It's vague. You know, one person may say that this is unduly concentrating power and they may say, no, in our opinion, it's not. <laughs> okay. Um, harm humanity. Who decides what, what is harm of humanity? You know, who, who decides what is harming humanity? Okay. Um, our primary fiduciary duty is to humanity. We anticipate needing to marshal substantial resources to fulfill our mission but will always diligently act to minimize conflicts of interest among our employees and stakeholders that could compromise broad benefits. So that's open AI. Okay. That's open AI. What is chat GT GPT? Okay. So chat GPT is a chat bot that was launched by the open AI company. Okay. In November of 2022, it's built on top of an open AI's GPT three family of large language models and it is fine-tuned an approach to transfer learning with both supervised and reinforcement learning techniques. So basically, humans supervising the learning and then the model learning from reinforcement. That is, human interaction is reinforcing the learning model, okay? Um, so during the conversation, things that we say to chat GPT can reinforce force the learning of the model. ChatGPT was launched as a prototype in November of 2022 and quickly garnered attention for its detailed responses, articulate answers across many domains of knowledge. Its uneven factual accuracy was identified as a significant drawback. Following the release of ChatGPT, OpenAI has been valued at $29 billion. I want to start with this real quick. There are the, the fundamental complaints about ChatGPT. Okay. Number one, um, it has accuracy issues. Um, that is, it can, it'll give responses. If I give it a prompt or ask it a question, it will give responses that sound factually accurate, sound convincing, but they're just flat out fucking wrong. Okay. So that's one of the problems. And I, and I, and I think that's in about 12% of the responses. I think 88% of the responses are considered accurate and 12% of the responses are flawed. Okay. Number two. Um, OpenAI uses their API to filter out anything that OpenAI considers offensive. So it can't give sexist or racist responses. It can't, and, and they stay away from political, political opinions. Okay. Now I can't tell you how fucking dangerous that is to put that type of power in anyone's hand. Okay. It, the freedom of speech is foundational for democracy and free societies. It is. And you can't have companies filtering speech, period. You just can't. You can't have companies filtering speech. That is incredibly dangerous. Incredibly dangerous. So those are the downsides. The upsides, chat GPT is fucking awesome. It's incredible. It's incredible technology. And I, let me say this before I ask you, Zach, how you've been using it in your opinion here. Okay. Um, number, this morning I was doing a consulting call with a, a large multinational manufacturer. And I, and I generally ask people the question like, why is Tesla awesome? But I asked them, in this case, I asked them about chat GPT. 
I said, why is chat GPT awesome? And they said, well, because you can, you know, you get to take a shortcut. You can, you can give it a prompt and it, it'll, it'll write the framework of something that you want to, that you want to write about. And then you can use that framework, modify it, add some novel ideas, and you got your own thing. That's how most people are using it. Okay. <laughs> Do you want to know what the biggest value in chat GPT is? It's a repository for all the questions that people are asking. It is not the answers. It's not the model. Even Jan LeCun said him, you know, said in an article on ZDNet, Jan LeCun is a super famous um, um, deep learning expert. I think he was at Google. He helped develop some of Google's initial technology. Even Jan said GPT is not particularly innovative and it's not revolutionary. Okay, he's at Meta now. He's at Facebook. He's right. Under the hood, it is not innovative or revolutionary. You want to know what's innovative and revolutionary about it? The application. The application is what's innovative and revolutionary. Under the hood, the, the, the way that chat GPT is constructed is the same way that all AI and ML is constructed across all of industry. So, Zach, how are you using chat GPT right now? Yeah. I think some of the ways are pretty obvious and some of the ways may surprise people. Um, wanted to make a quick note, though, that GPT-3 is the engine that OpenAI, it originally was, li it still is licensing that engine as services to other uh, applications such as Jasper AI. They have a copywriting tool, CopyDAO AI. They use the same underlying engine, GPT-3, for their applications. And it's just the, uh, the implementation is a little bit different, the user interface, but the engine is the same. So... ChatGPT, you know, once it launched in November of 2022, like it gained a million users in five days, which is faster than like Instagram, faster than Snapchat, any other social platform because of how amazing it is. The way I've been using it is mainly to create, I mean, you, you said the value of ChatGPT is like the questions I'm asking it. If you could look back at my, all of my queries, it's like you get to see what I'm thinking about as I'm building my company. 80, 60 to 80% of it is focused around marketing. Hey, help me create this email for my clients. Hey, I'm thinking about creating a text blast for my clients. I want to offer 200 bucks off. Can you help me create the text? Like being uh, who I am, I've always been uh, one who struggles to convey my ideas into written word or spoke, even spoken word. Like I'm, I'm give me a math and equation problem or, you know, program. I'm, I'm all about that, but I've always struggled getting my ideas into the linguistic form. So I can just say, Hey, I'm trying to create a social media post about the struggles of having autism and, you know, like, and, and, but I want to like share that in a way that's inspiring. Can you help me create a LinkedIn post about my story? And it creates this freaking amazing post. And yeah, you, you know, you, you modify why, some of the details and why is amazing. Google, why is Google freaking out? I'm going to ask you this question and then I'll answer it. I think it's, just, it's, yeah, I, I want to finish some of the other ways. That, I mean, we're just scratching the surface on the ways I'm using it, but. It's just a fundamentally different thing. I'm not using it to query for information. I'm giving it information and asking the engine to do processing, give me an output. So like, I think that's where people are like, oh, well, I could just ask Google for this. It's like, no, here's one way I'm using it. Hey, let, let's pretend I take this entire transcript of our podcast and I give the words to ChatGPT in a quote. I say, hey, here's this transcript of a podcast Walker and I just did. Can you create a LinkedIn post that talks about what we talked about and makes someone want to click on it, reads all of the transcript, comes up with the summary. I mean, the thing's fucking brilliant. You know, this is, 
like it makes me want to start a copywriting agency just so I can leverage this arbitrage that's available in the market right now with to be able to create a massive amount of copy with such like it's 10x my content output. I've had it right um, strategy. Hey, I, I'm, I'm wanting to coach a client. Can you help me come up with like a six week framework that I can kind of work with a client one on one to help coach them? Boom, boom, boom. Here's here's what here's what the you know what the strategy is. Um, I need to write a, a my articles of incorporation for my company. Can you help draft this articles of incorporation? Brr, gives me a framework. Hey, can you modify it? Here's some of the information. Can you put it back into the document? It gives me the full document. So. Hey, I need to write a letter to my investors. They're worried about A, B, and C. Can you help me reassure them that everything's going good? Write so the letter to my guess investors. Who's, guess who's, so the question is where, where, uh, how do we benefit? Like, how does this impact the economy? Okay. Yeah. So the first place is education. Okay. First and foremost, most teachers from the age of, from say third grade through like ninth grade are obsolete. Okay. Whether or not we allow chat GPT to take their place, they're obsolete. But fundamentally, chat GPT can, can completely revolutionize, quote unquote, public education. One of the things that I already talk about right now is I have one kid left in high school um, and he's a sophomore in high school and he goes to both a high school and a college at the same time. He goes to a high school on a college campus and one of the things that we talk about, and he's my most intelligent son, all my kids are smart, but he's the uber, uber, uber smart kid. I asked him, you know, Hayden, when was the last time you learned something in school? And he said, oh, kindergarten, like learns nothing novel at all in school. And I asked him why, why is that? And he said, because I learn faster than the pace that the school teaches at. The difference is, is I can get my own answers now. So in, to, the, to the point, in one of Hayden's classes, his, one of his instructors said to the class, this is a funny story, we're going to do a 10-question quiz. You can either have Hayden take this test for you, and if he gets a 100, the whole class gets a 100. If he misses one question, everyone gets a zero. Or you can take the quiz yourself. And everyone in his class said, we're going to have Hayden take it. And he got the 100. <laughs> okay. So th that's where Hayden's at, right? Public education teaches takes nine months to teach what you can learn in just a few weeks. Okay. Chat GPT can greatly accelerate learning for all people. Okay. So obviously, education is a big place. Another big place is going to be like paralegals and the legal profession. You guys may or may not know this, but when you go hire an attorney and you spend thousands of dollars on your attorney drafting a big, long contract, he already has that contract. That's just another copy of the contract with some language changed inside of it. But they're selling it at full price over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. That's how like Rocket Lawyer and all that stuff works. Chat GPT, just go in there and do the articles of incorporation thing. Here's the other thing. Write me a non-disclosure agreement between these two companies okay and protect the and protect these three pieces and it literally will just spit out the non-disclosure agreement so there's a lot of places where i see chat gpt essentially automating out the that business process okay but let me ask you this zach 
what do you see as ChatGPT's biggest limitations? The things that people need to look out for. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think the biggest limitation is 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 really just going to be of people's mindset of how they can actually use it. Like someone posted the other day, like, oh, like everyone's talking about ChatGPT, but there's no way ChatGPT would have helped me like tune this PID loop or solve this. Um, and I'm like, small potatoes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, imagine you could just give it the whole every transcript of every meeting that you've ever had with your company, every note that's attached to every trend, the data itself, this engine should be able to like, Hey, how can I improve my factory? Like literally what you've been talking about for years is now fucking possible with this technology platform. And you've been saying it for years. It's like, how can I improve my factory? Hey, I've got these three rectify, or I've got these three things. I've got a couple orders coming in. I don't know what the hell to do. How should I, what should I do here? How should I schedule this? It'll give like really legit and especially with all the content, like, you know, you're probably not going to use ChatGPT and just like load everything in in a text prompt. Like you're going to have it built into your unified namespace and you're going to have fields that are automatically suggesting prompts. And but yeah, I mean, semantic modeling of raw data. Yeah, exactly. Richard, yeah. Uh, to answer your question, I purchased access to like Jasper. So when ChatGPT is not available, I go straight to Jasper or copy.ai. Like it's a tool that's so valuable. It's like, I think, and also ChatGPT is going to allow you to pay like $42 a month to get a professional plan. It's, it's worth every penny. Here, here, here's my, here's my opinion. I don't use ChatGPT. Um, Josh does. I guess I didn't answer your question. It doesn't, to me, it doesn't have a downside. The downside is people's limitation of how they can use it. Obviously there's a few drawbacks, but here's the drawback critical thinking. So the reason I'm not using ChatGPT, the only reason I'm not using it is I question two things. Um, number one, I question its, its market valuation and viability in terms of commercialization. I question that because there's some real issues. And actually, someone brought the question up in my call this morning, which was, isn't OpenAI essentially using other people's copyrighted information to create something else? And therefore, don't they own, aren't they going to, in the end of the day, aren't they going to own license fees? owe license fees to the people whose work they use to create the value? And the answer is yes. I mean, if, you know, their open AI is going to have to track which parts of the text that they scrub from the internet, the, the, the stuff that they've scrubbed from the, and, and the stuff that the, the data that they're using to train the model, what percentage of that led to the answer? And they're going to have to pay licensing on that. They're going, I mean, unless you fundamentally change copyright law. My right. response is to that. Isn't that how people, that's the same way people learn too, though. You know, you, you learn from licensed textbooks and you're using that in your brain to assimilate new information. The difference is, the difference is you're buying the textbook. So right. you're, you're paying for the copyright, right? So the, um, it could write uh, code. Like we didn't even talk about, it could write code for you. It's like, I want to use this example. So go to chat GPT and say, chat GPT. I want you to use, I want you to write me a script in Python using the OpenCV library, okay? Using the OpenCV package to um, parse a video file called whatever, enter in video file name, into 60 separate images. Just say that. It'll literally spit out like a 20-line script in Python using OpenCV that'll take the video file 
and it'll literally, if I say it's at 30 frames a second, it'll take two, two seconds of the video and it'll literally slice it into 60 images that it stores on the local. F- I mean, it literally will write the whole script for you. So now you got to make some, you got to modify it. It's not perfectly accurate, but it's your starting point. ChatGPT is incredibly powerful. The two things that I think stand out the most for me, right? Number one is overnight, starting in November, everyone realized, wow, AI is legit. It's legit. Like, no, you are not surprised at what OpenAI has created, right? I'm just happy that it's there, that I can start using it. I'm not surprised. Anybody who works in this space, Jan LeCun, he's not surprised. People who work in this space are not surprised by the capability. I want to read Doug Albright's comment, though, about ChatGPT. It's a long one, but I, I want to read it, and then I get your, your take on it, Zach. I'm not surprised by it, but I, I do want to... The thing that I think is amazing is that it is essentially a lighthouse for all of humanity's questions. And literally, OpenAI has a window into all the questions that are being asked. And the reason this is way more powerful than Google, Google had this. The difference is, is that in Google, you're putting three or four words in the search bar. In ChatGPT, you're putting instructions. And that is a fundamental difference. That This is why Google's freaking out. Because OpenAI... And, and the folks at ChatGPT, they have, or at the folks at OpenAI, have a window into all the questions that are being asked, which means they have an insight into markets no one's aware of. And yeah, that's like, incredibly valuable. That's the questions incredible. that a lawyer is asking, you know, the questions that a consultant in manufacturing is asking. Um, well, I was going to say, like, uh, it's almost like a new paradigm shift. Like, we had the information era. This is a new level of iteration on top of that. People are calling like the knowledge era. Everyone had previously access to all the human knowledge and information. Now it's like we've democratized not only the information, but the knowledge that comes. You know, everyone's an instant expert. You just say, uh, here's a chat GBT tip. You just say, act as a marketing expert and write this post or act as a legal professional and write this document. So you, you're giving it the instructions of kind of the content. I mean, it has all of the internet's knowledge is what it's really trained on. So you're kind of telling it what domain area of expertise. The real, the real value is going to be is in these AI models that are detecting whether or not you used AI to write that thing. (laughs) And and overnight, overnight, I can tell who's doing it. Like it just happened. Uh, You can tell though. What's that? So I've been using it to write my own social posts. And I think there's this perception, particularly among content content creators. I think it comes from ego. Like they feel like, oh, like if I didn't write this or like there's somehow some uniqueness to me writing it versus like mostly having AI write it. I'll tell you this. Like my mom thought, I'm like, oh, my, my own son is a gifted writer. It's like, no, mom, I'm just using chat GPT. Like, you know, like in my audience, I'm able to communicate more effectively to them and my message. So who the hell cares that I used Oh, I, I use, I use it in my relationships, like my relationships with like people, my friends, my, uh, intimate relationships. I, I literally use it almost as like a little mini therapist and it gives right. me like, the, here's the issue. Here's the issue. Why does the audience listen to you? Because you have something novel that they can glean from you. Some novel knowledge they can glean from you. Elon Musk is right. When he says the only real implications of open AI is that, we're going to use AI to talk to other AI. And (laughs) 
pe- people will have no reason to follow you on Twitter. The only not, not for information. They're going to follow you on Twitter for entertainment. Right. And, and I want to leave it with this piece before I read Doug's comment, because I think it's really, really important here. Um, you know, this is the first step to UBI in the West. You know, we are the, we are accelerating. We are accelerating to the finish line, which is, you know, most people we're going to, we're going to very soon, we are going to reach a point where half the people in our society are unemployable. Okay. And, and they, and the, and they will have to be supported by the economy, the economy. You will literally have to redistribute money to half the people in our society. Half the people will not be able to get a job. And if your IQ is going to be, you know, in the low nineties or below, you'll be unemployable. Half the people in the society will be doing the work. The other half, what are the people on UBI? Everybody's going to be on UBI. What will other people be doing? Entertainment, arts and entertainment. The people who are unemployable will be entertaining. They'll be doing art. They'll, you know, they're going to fill in using the humanities, right? And, um, which is one of the advantages of chat GPT is I think it levels the playing field in the West uh, when it comes to STEM. Um, Because now the quality of the STEM education that you can get in the West is not dependent upon the teachers who teach it to you. Okay. I want to read Doug Albright's comment and then get your feedback here and then we'll call it a day. So, uh, Doug Albright commented in the 2023 industry predictions where I was talking about chat GPT. He said he, he wrote a long comment and I want to read the whole thing in its entirety because I think it's valuable. He's Doug said, I really recommend that you not limit your thinking on the impact of large language transformer models to the output you see in chat GPT. So for those of you who don't know, chat GTP, it, GPT is a language transformer model, right? Actually, it's language transformer models on top of language transformer models to get you to the GPT-3 output. Continuing his comment, a great deal of work went into retraining the model after its original training. And when it popped out like the little toxic baby, our biased perception of AI expected it to be, it was much more interesting. Then they went even further to make it hold all the safe space respecting perspectives you loathe. I do, however, agree that it won't be able to be innovative. This is the biggest limitation. Innovation. The more you ask chat GPT for an answer, the more of a a predefined answer you will get. You will not get groundbreaking innovative ideas from language transformers. You will not get novel ideas. What you will get is a, a repurposing of a pre-existing idea. That's the one, that is the fundamental limitation. And here, so who will stand out? The innovators, those with the novel ideas. They will, they will stand out like they'll be glowing. Go ahead, Zach. So that was you finishing his comment. So you agree, you agree with that? I absolutely agree with him. I say, but it may be used as a foundation. He says, I do, however, agree that it won't be able to be innovative, but it may be used as a foundation for the next AI advancement that can be innovative. Okay. I, I, I disagree with the part that the AI language transformer model cannot create net new and net new knowledge, net new information. And I don't think that, I think we'll, we'll, we'll determine, we'll, we'll see whether or not that is true. 
I think there's already been some examples of it doing that. But if you just think about if humans can do it based on us just experiencing the world, creating a model of the, the world in our head and coming up with some sort of output, I, I, I could see cross-pollination of between different ideas. Like if AI, you know, somehow pulls from this industry to a, a solve a problem in this industry and no human has ever done that, but the information to make that cross-pollination is there. I think that, I think that it will create, we will find that people may expect it to not create new, new innovations, but I think it will actually. And that will be the surprise. I think, uh, Alex Hermosi also said he made the same prediction and, and, uh, his AI video. He's like, I think that'll be what surprises people is that it will actually create net new innovations and knowledge, but we'll see. I question it. And here's why, here's why it ha it'll have to create net new the first time it tries. Because otherwise it'll reinforce its previous Correct. discoveries or yeah. and our previous discoveries. But here, here, let me go back to Doug. He says, I think back to the Rust Belt small town experience I had growing up and the legacy of the foundry that was our town. It made casting for the Reading Railroad the most successful railroad at the height of a steam locomotive industry. That foundry shut down when I was a boy, and it was basically was it basically was the heart of the town I lived in. Years later in my 20s, I had a friend who was hired to clean out the offices of the foundry. He felt compelled to destroy some of the most incredible pictures and engineering drawings. Imagine if that data was now available to a machine learning model. The unstructured data would have generated immense value that couldn't be realized at the time. Today, we face the same challenge to not discard valuable knowledge. But data models allow us to compress it making it economically feasible. Imagine compressing all our unstructured data in our workplaces today into a model. Then consider the model would understand the perspectives of all the individuals in a central model because it is being trained on all communications and other unstructured data from all coworkers. This model could be requested to consider everyone's wants and needs and be incentivized to influence the best outcome. Who defines best outcome? Number one. Go back to the duck. This can be done with a reinforcement learning engine, like when they train ML to play a simple arcade game. When models are not restricted, they don't keep saying there is no definitive answer. They tell you some blunt things. When they are aligned with a group for a purpose, ethics will align the group. Consider HAL 9000. He aligned himself with the folks running the mission, not the crew on the space flight. Can we trust that those who control the model's perspective applied to the incentive to influence won't put the mission above the needs of others? I would argue, should you ever give someone that power to even make that decision? The innovation that happened, which was unexpected in artificial intelligence, was that training with attention formed perception. Just like human minds are compression engines. For example, some of our best thinking compressed uh, compressed concepts like E equals MC squared into that idea. The notions around it may be foggy or clear, representing the model's quality, which may need training or not. Other new AI techniques allow models to train themselves, resulting in a significantly smaller model over time. And these models, which can run on your smartphone, will become increasingly influential. Considering unstructured data like voice, movement, etc., can be used to train these models, they can emulate you. 
There are already apps that allow influencers like yourself to feed models, which will learn your patterns, mimic you, and make posts for you, or even your voice or image. And here's the, the money shot. He says, the daily interactions with your model will become an extension of yourself. Considering the need for constant content generation and your limited time, you will find yourself allowing the model to emulate you and go off and be the personality, hopefully, while you focus on tasks that represent a higher level of thinking. They don't reach too soon. This is quite a perspective. The model generates a compressed image of us in this case. There will be more to this innovation than a Google alternative or a writing assistant as these applications develop in what will seem like no time at all. Oh, and they do the math and they write the code too. That saves some time, yada, yada, yada. So. Wow. Yeah, we already transcend, we already transcend our own lives. Like you just give everything I've ever said on YouTube or everything you've ever said. And we would have a very, pretty, pretty solid model of a virtual Walker Reynolds. So did everybody see if you saw Avatar 2, right? Do you see Avatar 2 yet? Zach? No, I need to go see that. Yeah, I want to go see that. Yeah. I, so when I read this comment from Doug, I didn't really think a whole lot about it at the time. I was like, oh, that's pretty profound. And then the extension of yourself. And then I went and saw Avatar 2. And I saw that in Avatar 2, one of the premises of the movie is that the colonel, who's the bad guy, the antagonist in the first film, he's dead. But what they did was they uploaded all of his memory, his personality, and everything to a chip that was then used to create the Avatar. Yeah, we're going to be using AI to talk to AI, and it's freaking mind blowing. But yeah, that's... AI AI is going to talk to AI. So how do how does how do we benefit from this? So let's put a, a bow on it, which is this: where 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 do I see this playing out over the next year? Me personally, and then go with you. Number one, social media posts are going to become far more cluttered. Everyone's going to look way more professional. Just so you guys are aware, we will not be using Chat GPT for our social media posting other than we might use it for some descriptions or something. I don't use it. I've never used chat GPT at all. I haven't tested it in any way, shape or form. I have watched videos where it's being tested. The reason I'm not using it is I think it could negatively, it's a shortcut that I think could negatively impact my critical thinking skills. And so I am choosing to focus on the critical thinking element. And until I see a path where I can use chat GPT, and not negatively impact my critical thinking, I, I will forego using it. But that doesn't mean I don't think other people should use it. I do. I'm a good writer. I, you know, I'm, I'm a good communicator. I already have high communication skills, and I don't think ChatGPT can write better than I can. So I don't really have a need to do that yet. But I do see a scenario in the very near future where engineers, data scientists, Integrators, decision makers are using chat GPT as their mentor. And instead of having a real life mentor, they're using chat GPT as their virtual mentor to give them a starting point on some idea. That's where I see immediately over the next year. That's what I see. I see social media becoming less and less relevant. Because it's not people who will be doing those posts. By the way, it's, it's a very short period of time before you're going to use Twitter's API and ChatGPT's API to automate the process of posting. 
So the human being will never even interact with their own Twitter account. So it, it'll be pointless. You won't, there will be no need to follow that, that person. You're not talking to that person. You're not, you, most of the time you're not hearing from that person anyway. Someone else is writing it. But go ahead, Zach. Your closing thoughts. Yeah, well, I sh- I shared my screen. I want. I asked. I just asked Chat. I I just got access. I asked Chat GPT what the unified namespace is. I want to see how how it did. The unified namespace for Industry 4.0 is a concept that refers to a standardized system for identifying and accessing devices and equipment using Industry 4.0 environments. The goal of the UNS is to enable seamless communication and interoperability between different devices and systems, regardless of their manufacturer or protocol. This would allow for the creation of a more connected and efficient manufacturing environment where data from different sources can be easily integrated and analyzed to improve productivity and decision-making. It's a, it's a very good generic response. Yep. Who created it? <laughs> the, the model needs to be trained on video data too. I think that's really, you know, where, Cause like, obviously you created the unified namespace, but like, I'm not sure if it's documented in text in too many places. Cause we didn't do. <laughs> so obviously it can produce inaccurate results, but I think this is a good starting point for people that are like, Hey, how can I use the unified it's iterative. So you can say, how can I use the unified namespace to develop this concept? Or I'm, I'm working in a manufacturing co-op and I want to do this. So I think it really, like to your point, is is a good starting point for people to break into, uh, you know, industry and development. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what it, what the community does with it. So what do you think about the idea of you joining us on? Will that be the GAI version of you are the average of the five AI tools you use? Yes, <laughs> dude, it feels like an extension of me. Like if someone removed my access to be able to access that, I would feel like, hey, you know, you removed my cell phone, or you know, it is. I, I, it writes better than me. Like, I, I have no shame in saying that. So like, you know, but people still follow me. I, you know, so I don't know. I, I think it'll be interesting. Um, I'm, I'm down to come back. We should do this again. Good. Zach, well, uh, Josh, any other questions that we need to touch on? Yeah. I'd love to have you back on dude. Do I want right. to see, Oh, we didn't talk about, we didn't talk about strength.ai. Let's talk about that next time. Right. Is that full, full strength.ai? Well, we can talk about it real quick. We'll do, we'll do four minutes on full strength.ai. So the vision system that we developed last year um, is, you know, we're taking it to market. Uh, we have, we have a team of six power lifters um, who were all competing in a meet in New Braunfels, Texas on February 11th. And we're hoping to sweep all of our divisions. Um, where I stand right now with strength, where I, I'm, my push pull aggregate is 330 kilograms, um, which is 727.5 pounds, 286 pounds on bench press and 440 pounds on, um, the deadlift that would, there were 48 meets last year. Um, and, and that would have made me first place in my division in every one of those 48 meets. So the the vision system has played a huge role in changing my strength you know i've used it for my own training because i'm older like ergonomics really matter and you know optimizing force and i'm able to you know from from workout to workout i'm able to plot am i seeing gains am i not seeing gains and um am i overtraining am i undertraining 
Am I loading up the bar too fast? I mean, it's just, it's played a huge role. And if you see us in our gym, you know, I move weight yesterday. I attempted 315 pounds. I mean, I'm 40, I'm going to be 49 years old. Okay. I, I don't, I weigh 219 pounds. I'm not a huge dude. Like, and you know, um, the vision system played a huge role in, in, uh, in my performance gains, you know, we were able to predict a world record with it. And now the question is, and the thing that I think is most impressive with open AI is their ability to go to market. And the question is for us, go to market strategy. So right now, what, what all the athletes will be wearing a QR code on our, so we're producing a video that is what is full strength.ai. And, uh, there's a QR code that's on all of our gear. So people will just be able to scan the QR code without ever having to talk to us. And, and then there'll be a, a YouTube video that plays Well, they'll know more about like how we trained. Um, the, uh, we're going to be sponsors of the Shaw Classic again this year. Um, Carrie Shaw, Brian Shaw's wife reached out to us a couple weeks ago and we're, you know, we're greatly increasing our investment. And what we hope to do is have the vision system in a place where we're going to be able to overlay our predictive data over the actual live stream. So when they're doing the live stream, what we want to have is our data on the deadlift being overlaid on the live stream itself. That's, that's our goal. So, um, yeah, my big goal this year is going to be getting full strength that off the ground. I I'm not going to be doing the development one. We have a product developer who's going to come in and take, take over that piece, but all of the development up to this point has been me. I've written every line of code, you know, and, and in fact, that open CV example, I gave you that's open CV is what I used to parse the, all the video files. So, um, in, you know, in nearly all the models that I used, I were publicly available. So, uh, you know, I think if, oh, if chat GPT had been available, it would have sped your development up a lot. It would have sped my development time up drastically. It replaces every time you have to go to stack overflow and get some piece of code. It just spits it out for you. It just spits it out. Yeah. Yeah. The, the big thing is, is all the work that you put into Googling, right? Chat GPT is doing that for you and giving you the optimal output, or at least, 88% of the time it's optimal. So yeah. anyway, Hey man, I appreciate you coming on everybody. I thank you guys for watching, like subscribe, hit the like, uh, comment down below. That's the most important thing. Comment Zach. We will definitely have you on. I, I want to kind of make it a recurring thing. I'm going to reach out to you about it. You and, guys got to uh, follow Walker, follow Walker on Instagram. It, he's been killing it with the weightlifting and you get to see a different side of him and, you know, follow Walker Reynolds on, on Instagram for that's uh, at, at Walker D Reynolds, right? I think yeah. yeah, I like it. I like following you. So appreciate it, man. Hey, I'm, I'm proud of you, man. I miss you. Uh, can't wait to be working with you again though. Yeah. Thanks. Man. Good luck. Fun. See you guys. Peace. Thank you.